You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who is the Deputy Chairman of Sassin Securities in Johannesburg. I've been watching the market all day, of course, and it's been going up and up and up. Well, the US futures have anyway. And I, I watched Jerome Powell, and I suddenly thought, you know, it reminds me of my youth. And I hated puppetry, and I hated ventriloquists, but it looks like he <laughs> is being puppeteered by Donald Trump. You know, we're the best at this, and we're the best at that, and the US economy will come back, and all that sort of thing. And I just keep on hearing Trump uh, through the mouth of Jerome Powell, the chairman of the US Federal Reserve. Did you get that feeling as well? You know, I think... I think he genuinely believes that. I think if you listen to Buffett as well, you would have got the same message. And I doubt whether Buffett is a follower of uh, Donald Trump. But I think the one thing about America is that I think most people believe that it's the greatest nation in the world. And um, What do you mean the greatest nation in the world? I I think the scientists and engineers are are, are probably better in China than they are in America, even if you... Well, I'm not arguing what you're saying. I'm merely stating what's in their mind. So they continue to believe that uh, they have this resilience and uh, they can fight back any kind of problem or anything that's in their way. You know, we are... We've got the great armies, we've got great military, we've got great universities, we've got great everything. Mm. But I think people are beginning to question that as well, simply because of the leadership. So I think he comes out of that camp. And if you go to Washington and you walk through Washington, you can understand why people feel that way. You know, if you go to the Lincoln Memorial or all the different memorials there, you know, there were some great people. But you've got to question where America is now. You know, that. It, it, it's they being threatened by the Chinese. You know, you're dead right. I think suddenly somewhere in China, there are a lot more engineers being um, processed than in America at American universities. And even in American universities, probably more Chinese than Americans. Yes. Uh, exaggerate, exaggerate. But you know what I mean. They're, I they, they, they're coming back and they're going to be a threat technologically for America. And I think that's why Trump is so insecure. Exactly. mm. You know what it is, David, and I apologize for, I'm not dissing, as they say, the United Uh States of America. Uh It's, I have this, I have this problem with Trump and the association of Trump with America. So I'm automatic. I'm not anti-America. Of, of, of course, it's the, 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 it is the greatest democracy in the world. And it has produced the greatest economy. And it does have the greatest industries. And look at Silicon Valley, and what Silicon Valley has produced and how it's changed our lives. But unfortunately, when I hear Jerome Powell saying what he mm. says, all I can hear is Trump, I can just see a talking head of Trump. <laughs> So I don't like people saying, we're the greatest this, we're the greatest that, because you're not the greatest. You're very good, but you're not the greatest. Well, they used to be very good. They used to be very great. And that position is being challenged. Mm. You know, and I think sometimes instead of saying maybe what they say, you know, Trump, and if you listen to Warren Buffett, you know, he says, when I was born in the 1930s, uh, if I would have known what was happening, I would have asked to stay in my mother's tummy. You know, I didn't want to come out. Because it was right at the beginning of the depression, but uh, and they've gone through world wars and they've gone through various other problems that have faced them along the way, from the depression to world wars to 9/11, you name it. Yeah. But I think I think America needs to relook at itself. You know, having been um, the organisation behind or the power force behind 
um, Japan behind uh, the resurrection of uh, or the reestablishment of Euro, you know, with um, the Marshall plans and various other plans that got Europe back on its feet again. But I think suddenly you say, hold on a sec, um, China's coming up. Why don't we fight them? You know, why don't we try to get better than them than trying to spread rumors that China put people onto planes to spread the virus around? <laughs> you know, when you – no, I mean, I, seriously. I know. You know and have you seen the war of words between the, the – Obama. The, yeah, the current president yeah. and, the, and the 44th yeah. president. It's unbelievable, well, the insecurity of the man. Well, it is because Obama was pushed to a point where he said, this is enough. You know, there are no big – there are no adults in uh, – what it's done, if we draw the curtain back, what did he say? You know, you're just exposing people who don't really know what they're doing. And uh, yeah. also, uh, you know, very insulting. But I think he's been pushed to a point because he's been very well behaved now, despite all the insults thrown at him along the way. You're quite and, right and in I'm, using that word, um, insulting. It is insulting. Mm, it's, it's actually, it's actually rude. You don't do that to people. No. Uh-uh. If, if you were in a bar uh-uh. and you said that to someone, uh, the other chap would punch you on uh-uh. the nose. You don't. You know what happens? Obama was voted president of the United States. He was a very popular man. He saw out his eight years. Yes, he might not have been the most effective. You know, history will judge. But uh, still, he was a president, and you don't do that to former presidents. You well just said. don't. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You don't do that. You don't behave And that like exposes, that. you know, that exposes who he is. It just exposes um, how he uses power, you know, just for the – and, he, and he's, he's, bringing the, he's bringing the states down. They're not the force that they used to be. And people don't look on them with the same kind of respect. You, you know, Lindsay, we always, when you were growing up, or certainly when we were growing up, yeah. uh, I grew up as a youngster in the 50s and then the 60s, you know, Me you too. always had your eye on the, on the U.S. This is where you wanted to be, you know. You wanted to be, uh, you wanted to have a high school prom or you wanted to graduate. You know what I mean? You wanted to go to U.S. college. You wanted to have that kind of fun. Uh, it just seemed to be the place where everything was happening. And now we look at it and say, oh, God, do you really want to be there? You know, is, this, is this really what we aspire to? It's a very difficult question. Uh, the values that are now set out, uh, that's where um, I'm in agreement with you in a sense that, hold on a sec, maybe we should, maybe the Jerome Powells and other people who just spew out the stuff should rethink about it before they uh, open their mouths, you know, despite what their positions are. Yeah, my, I had a teacher who used to say, uh, Williams, engage your brain before you open your mouth. Because uh, I... <laughs> Um, you mean the disconnect uh, between yeah, the mouth exactly. and the brain? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's some <laughs> the kind of breaker. <laughs> there's, there's some sort of gap between the two. The gap that we've seen. Talking about gaps. Uh, the gap that we've seen today on the market. Uh, a, a friend of mine who's a technical analyst and also a statistician said, "Just have a look at the gap today." And then I thought of gaps in the when I grew up in the in the financial world in the 80s. There were no 24-hour markets, so you would yeah. wait for the market to open. And there would be a gap. So, for example, today the market would have gapped up by 2%. So you'd get, let's say the market closed at 100 yesterday or on Friday, and it would open at 102 today. So there'd be a gap on the chart. And the greatest charting and the most simplest uh, charting philosophy I ever saw were the three gaps. The first gap Mm -hmm. is the breakaway gap. The second is the runaway gap. 
and then the third is the exhaustion gap. So let's say mm. it opens today at 102, having closed at mm. 100 on Friday. Yeah. And then um, in a couple of weeks' time, there's a, after a bit of consolidation, there's mm. another gap up to 110. And then finally, you get the exhaustion gap. Uh, and that means it's the end of the market. I just get the feeling, I don't know if this is the exhaustion gap or the runaway gap we're seeing today, but it seems to me in the short term that this is the this is the exhaustion gap because people are just saying, well, Jerome Powell says it, so up we go. The market has to go up. I don't know, maybe we're at the, the, the second gap, which is what uh, the runaway gap. What do you think? Is it runaway or exhaustion? I, I, it, it's beyond my understanding. I'm not, you know, you know what? We've spoken so many times, you know, over the last few weeks, and I've, I've, I've just felt that okay, things are going to change. I know where the world's going. I'm looking five years out to wherever I want to be, and you know, the, the same old story, boring story that I've given you. And I like these businesses because I think they're very successful, and and I buy it because of that. You know, I, I'm not a man who likes to buy bonds or likes to keep cash. You know, it's 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 not in my DNA. It's not in my my health, I like to buy shares and, and mm. um, for my own. Uh, but I must admit, I wake up this morning and uh, if I had to read the news that I saw over the weekend, because uh, I, I go through it quite religiously, I'll pick up uh, the Economist and I'll read what they have to say. They're never bullish. They're very cautious about Europe. They're very cautious about globalization. They're very cautious about America, you know, in their, in the, in the way. And they well, they well written articles. And then I go on to the Financial Times and the same kind of thing warning me that, uh, you know, this is the end. I go to Barron's then <laughs> and I look at Barron's and it's all, it's all the same story, you know. Yes, there are a couple of nice stories about 5G and who's going to benefit from it, but there's nothing that suggests that this market should take off. No, but the, if, if you're reading, the, if you're reading, the, you always talk about the Economist, and it's a fine publication. Mm. Uh, but the Economist and the FT are both in the same camp. I'm not sh- so mm. sure about uh, Barons. Barons is a fine newspaper. It used to be a huge, thick newspaper. I used to get one mm. uh, once a week. I don't know if it leans towards the same sort of sentiments as the FT and the Economist is. But the no. FT and the Economist are, are very, very liberal in their yes. in their yes. thinking and their writing, aren't mm. they? Mm, very liberal. Mm. No, particular. They call themselves, you know, they were started by a liberal um, um, to try and sum up the economist. Uh, um, they're not royalists. <laughs> you know, I think they respect royalty, but I don't think they support them. Mm. And and uh, but but I enjoy the articles because they make you think and they're well written and they yes. cover a lot of. They cover the world and they bring you up to date. I think. Any self-respecting politician needs to read The Economist simply because it's one thing that covers everything. You know, if you go to the American magazines, they generally cover America only. They don't really go beyond that. Uh, So if you read The Atlantic or something like that. But, I mean, The Economist covers everything. So when when you get that, you get a feeling of of where the world is. And and I'm saying I don't wake up – I don't wake up Monday morning and say, oh, boy, I've got to buy. You know, this is going to be – this is going to be a 3% day or a 2.5% day, not at all. Um, if anything, I think what, what, what Jerome Powell said in the sense that the only time we'll get confidence back is when there's a vaccine. So lo and behold, what happens? Moderna come out today and say that uh, uh, they've had good tests on, on a vaccine. And uh, the market goes up 2.5%. And I'm saying, okay, oil was up, but 2.5%. 
this is a vaccine that could take years to get commercially uh, become commercially viable, you know, if it does work. So I, I'm, I see the market going, I'm thrilled because I've got clients whose money I look after and they're going to think that I'm very clever because the market's running up higher. But at the back of my head, I'm with you as well. I'm saying, okay, how far can we stretch this? Yeah, I mean, let's take it while we, while we can. But I, I do <laughs> yeah, think that exactly. uh, the, the spurious uh-huh. argument that there's going to be a vaccine quite soon and the words of a puppeteer, or rather someone who is being manipulated by a puppeteer, which is, in my view, what Jerome Powell says, I don't think is the basis for a 3% move as we speak mm-hmm. on the Dow Jones, the S&P, <laughs> etc. It doesn't make sense to me. No, There's 90,000 people have died, and more are going to die as well. And the economy is closed down. Do you know that um, Zoom is now worth more than the collective seven biggest airlines wow. in the United States. Mm, mm. It's unbelievable. So, can you imagine if you put Zoom and uh, Tesla together? I don't know what you get. <laughs> I'm not, I, I say that because I'm not sure they're generating the cash maybe of an Amazon or a Facebook or a Google or a Microsoft, you know, which are being, their, their valuations are being stretched. But I mean, they've got a 10 year start on these companies. So, yeah, we're going into that kind of uh, market, which is sometimes difficult to absorb. I still like, you know, I'm, I'm very specific in where I am, but I must admit, I'm going to, I'm just going to look as we talk now about the breadth of the, uh, you know, of, of the market. Um, I'm talking about the the U.S. market because um, just to give you an idea of where the gains are, you know, we've had oil price, which has kicked up as well. So you had mm. you had uh, WTI, which is that's the the American version uh, uh, oil. It's is, up eleven percent, David. Is it up ele- yeah. Eleven point one percent to thirty two seventy is extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. So we've got uh, General Electric up eleven percent today. Wells Fargo. Uh, I, I, wait, I'll get you some more some more gains here. Booking dot com. Booking dot com is a travel agent, an electronic travel agent. Do you know where it's based? It's don't up, you? It's ten percent. Yeah. Do you know where hmm? Booking dot com is based? It's in Amsterdam. Is it? Rotterdam. Is it, uh, is it Rotterdam? Yeah, just around the corner oh, from me. Yeah. It's great, but I mean, no one's travelling. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's up 10% today. So you're getting those kind of movements, General Electric, Bookings, Dow, Schlumberger or Simon Property, Delta, GM. These are all up 7.5%. Walt Disney is up at 117. Two days ago, it was 103. Good Lord. So, uh, yeah, I know. Okay. Why? Because – Things are opening up, and they believe that uh, life is returning to normal. Mm, know, <laughs> if, if what you've just said, with the Dis- I mean, I know Shanghai Disney is, is open. Disney uh, Disneyland uh, in Shanghai is open, but uh, you know, you, I, I saw the queues there, and everyone's uh, two meters apart, and no one's really, you know, it, it seems as though it's, it's almost false. There's, there's not the excitement of going to Disney. Have you ever been to Disneyland or um, Disney World? Well, I'll tell you how many years ago, 44 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I went, went when I Anaheim. was exactly I the same. Anaheim. Mm. I went to the one in Anaheim, exactly right. Mm. I went to two, mm. uh, I went with my father, my late father. I was 14 years old, so it's exactly mm. the same as you. 44 mm. years ago, I went mm. there. I went to a Knott's Berry Farm and I went to a Disney World. Uh, and mm. There was an excitement and there was a mm. buzz. But I watched these people in Shanghai queuing up. 
uh, to go on a ride. They didn't look very excited to me. <laughs> that was, <laughs> things are not go- things are not going back to normal very well, quickly. No, but Lindsay, they've got masks on. You can't see the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, Mr. Trump won't ever wear a mask, but I promise you he's one of the few people in the world that should wear a mask with a face like that. But anyway, um, let's have a look. It, it, it's, mm, it looks at, mm. it's, it's, you know, I'm, I, I like games to be, I love bull markets. I love it when markets go, but I like, I like to feel it's grounded, you know, it's grounded in something. And this is like, okay, I'm, I'm bull. You've heard me. I'm, I'm long. This is nice, but Hold on a sec. When's this? Where, where does this stop? Or can we continue with the good news? Are we? You know, is the lockdown going to? Oh, sorry. Are we going to start unlocking the economy? Is it going to bounce back fast? I, I, those are very difficult questions. They are very, very difficult questions. Yeah. And, if, and if you can, mm. if you can unlock what the trend is going to be know. once the once no. the lockdown is unlocked, if you can mm. work out which companies are going to benefit uh, from the reemergence of the mm. South African and the global economy. Uh, in whatever form it is, then goodness me, you've got the keys to to riches. Okay, what's happened on the JSC today? Massmark came out with a with a trading update. I mean, we don't need to say what what it was all about because we we know what it was all about. The fact is that they're not selling stuff or as much stuff as they could be. The share price up one and a half percent. Massmart is that a, a, an emerging company? In other words, emerging from the lockdown that you would look at? No, no. I think I think they've got troubles ahead. I think South Africa's got a lot of troubles ahead. Um, I think I, I I actually sat through a, an interview today with John Steenhuisen, who's head of the interim head of the DA, very articulate man, and it was I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think he you know he explained a lot of things, and and the issues. I think South African economy's got not that he he brought those up, but I think. South African economy has got a lot of issues. And if we don't unlock this economy, if we don't make some big decisions, we're in for a 15% drop in, in, in GDP, which we cannot afford. So I'm cognizant of that. And, and the problem is that the movements that we're seeing on the JSE today on, have nothing to do with what's happening on the underlying economy. You know, it's all at the top end of the market. It, it, it's in the... Impala, it's in Northern Platinum. Yes, they might be associated. Anglo-American, Sabanya, Kumba, you know, in, in, in the miners. Um, they're not going to employ people. They're operational. Why? Because the, the iron ore price is over 90. Things are happening there. Yes, it could give a little bit of support to the market. But I think that outside of that, SA Inc., um, I still think is going to face you know, huge problems here on the consumer side. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to manage what, what you know, if, if we don't unlock what's going to hit us shortly. So I'm very skeptical on companies like, on the consumer companies, particularly companies like MassMart and that, which were already under pressure. You know, they're already battling before they even came into this, uh, into this virus-led economy. So, As- you know, that's mm. to answer your question. Thank you. Uh, Astral Foods mm-hmm. uh, down five and a quarter percent. Their results came out. That's been a disaster. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. the whole chicken yeah. business has been a disaster for yeah. so long. So we don't need to talk yeah. about that. AB InBev. Uh, they made a disclosure of, of some uh, description up five point seven percent. Ball in Properties. Their numbers came out and they uh, rallied by twelve and a half percent. There's a company called Good. Yeah, there's a company called Storage. And I was talking to yeah. Nick Kunza this morning. Uh, storage uh. is a 
Mm. Is that 4.6% a trading statement? Mm. And I use a storage company, and I don't know if it's open, if it's, uh, sorry, operated uh, by by Storage Property REIT Limited because it is classified as a property REIT. But it's it's quite good, I think. Mm. Just, because every month I pay them money for, for doing nothing. I stick my right. mattresses and my stuff in there, and that's all they do. They've, it's like a car park almost. Yeah, and they've got no air conditioning or they don't need the kind yeah. of air conditioning. They don't need to repaint and, and refurbish or grow flowers outside and uh, <laughs> all the other, you know what I mean? They, you, yes, it's I do. just a room. Yeah, a, a great business. Uh, it's just one of those businesses that uh, I, I think is very well placed and people use storage. So if you are going to go into property, I think storage companies like that or even those um, that are related to supply chain, you know, that, that have got a big warehouse and they store goods there and they, they're owned by someone like uh, Pick and Pay or um, ShopRite or something like that. So that's where you want to be. I don't think you want to be in, in shopping centers or I don't think you want to be in office buildings either, you know, and factories and that. So I think storage and, um, you know, your <laughs> storage is, is probably the right place to be. And some, some I'm, I'm trying to think of the other one who's, I think it's Equitus who do, um, you know, who do supply chain, uh, you know, just storage of uh, warehousing. And if you can get a disposable yeah. toilet, I mean, you can also mm. live in your garage uh, at, at the storage facility yeah. at, at Cape Town mm. International Airport. So it's a very, very cheap place to live as well. And I've heard of, <laughs> I've heard of people uh, living in these places. But anyway, that's another story. Have you ever heard of a company called Calgro M3 Holdings Limited? I, yeah, I, I, I've heard about it, sure. 61% and, uh, down as we speak. Oh, no, that's it. Because I think the last time I heard they were selling um, plots, <laughs> cemetery plots, but I don't know. They seem to change direction all the time. I, I have no idea. Well, I promise you, the, the headline earnings per share increased by 108.7%, it says no, here. No. Earnings per share increased by 51.8%. Revenue decreased by 1.3%. Why is the share price down 61%? You've you, you got to ask Nick Kunzer because I'm sure that's the kind of stuff you have. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no. I, I, I know, you know, I watch them all the time, but I don't know where they are. I don't know. It's not a big business. I think it's a very small business. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm worried about everything else. <laughs> Okay. I just thought I just saw it flash up on my screen now. 61 and a quarter percent weekly. I've been doing quite a bit of work now, and I said, okay. okay. I looked at the offshore and I said, these are the 21 stocks I want to be in. These are the healthy businesses that I like. Ferrari. And then I looked locally. Yeah, well, Ferrari, funny enough, I haven't. Uh, it's, it's, it's not easy to sell Ferrari to people simply because it's had such a wonderful run. But I like those. But a lot of them are in the in the uh, you know in the tech industry and I still see massive growth there's quite an interesting article in 5G uh, on in barons you know and it explains don't go for the communication companies they're going it's going to be an evolution there but go for the infrastructure businesses and the chips because there's apparently it's 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 a completely new kind of technology and you're going to need uh, different chips in your phone and, you know, the 5G phones, etc. And they, they identified a whole range of businesses that are going to benefit. Strangely enough, companies like Ericsson and Nokia mm. are well-placed on the technology side, you know, for the antenna and things like that. So that, that, those are the businesses I like. You know, that's what I'm looking at. And, and the health as well, I think, 
uh, you know, technology is going to need to develop there, and companies are, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very into health technology and other areas. I still like companies like like Visa and so on. So I, I said, okay, this is where I want to be, and locally I come to about 10 stocks. There. So you like Visa and, and AS, ASML as well? You like ASML? Yeah, you like yeah, a I Ferrari? Love ASML. Mm. I uh, which still is like a Dutch Ferrari. company. You like Ferrari? Mm. Okay. Think about that. There, you know, if you think about Holland, you've got Booking, you've got ASML, you've got uh, what's the other one you've got there? Uh, Philips. <laughs> Philips. Mm. Philips, great business, man. Huge business. You know, I, think, I think that oh, it, it, it's reinventing oh, itself as well. I mean, it's stuck yeah. in Eindhoven, and uh, the the football team there is PSV mm. Eindhoven, which is on a little bit of a downturn at the moment after a couple of really good seasons. Uh, but I can tell you one thing about the Dutch: they are very innovative and they work mm. really hard. I mean, there's only 17 million people here, but goodness me, they produce a lot of stuff. Well, what's the GDP per capita? I don't know. I, I don't know if you know the figure of that. No, I'm, I don't. And I can't. Okay, that's not. All the, I know uh, is that they export. Um, after the United States of America, they are the second biggest exporter of uh, fruit and vegetables and flowers yeah. in the world. I mean, this is 17 million people. You get on the plane, you get off the plane at uh, Schiphol and you go to where I go to um, Rotterdam Central Station and it's row after row after row kilometer after kilometer of greenhouses and oh. you can see the technology growing each time you go there's there's a different uh, type of technology a different type of ultraviolet lamp or whatever it is and they sell it to the rest of the world i mean and you look at africa and how oh. much space we've got here and it, it, we, we we can do it but we just don't do no. it no and 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 you know, when I when I think of what you just told me now, you understand why the Dutch or the Hollanders? What do you call them? Holland, Dutch. I call them all sorts of I things, mean, but uh, no. <laughs> you're not allowed but, but to I call mean, it Holland anymore. You have to call it the Netherlands. It's a decree by the by the king or the, so? the prime minister. Yeah, you're okay. not allowed to call it Holland anymore. You have to call it the Netherlands. But so anyway, what are go the on. people that live in the Netherlands? What well, well they're Dutch, them? of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> if you look at it's the very Dutch, strange. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and you can understand why, together with the Germans, they look south and say. Why must we take on their debt? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we work hard. It's true. <laughs> We're very cautious about life. Why must we take on uh, the Mediterranean debt? And, 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 and that's why Europe is in such a mess. Is you've got the European Union. You all want the euro, etc. But no one really wants to share the responsibility. Do you know you're talking about Visa card, David? When I first came uh, here, which was three and a half years ago, I'd never been, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd been on a couple of stag nights or something to Amsterdam, as, as, as most uh, <laughs> uh, English yobos do. But you go into a shop with your visa card. As a South African, I've mm. got my ABSA visa card. You go into a shop and you give them the visa card. They say, I'm sorry, no. We don't take uh, we, we don't take credit cards, and I'd say that only fifty percent of businesses, whether it be bars, restaurants, supermarkets, or retail clothing stores or whatever, take credit cards because they don't approve of debt in this country, and that is why you've got to have a debit card. Yeah, you've you've got to have you've got to have a bank card. Yeah. You've got to have money in your yeah, account in order yeah, to buy yeah. stuff. They yeah. don't approve that's of credit, and that's yeah. that's an. Yeah. And you, yeah. Can you imagine if that was the case in South Africa or in yeah. the UK well, we or in America? Yeah. Yeah. 
people live on credit, yeah. Yes, they don't. And you just keep rolling it over, sure. They hate it here. No, no, yeah. Well, that's the same as, you know, I think in Germany as well. So in the northern Europe, you've got those kind of attitudes. And, and everybody says, well, <laughs> why must we take on the debt? So something's got to give, you know, if you want Europe to prosper. And I probably – um, it, 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 it's a fairly good time for uh, for you know for them to have a relook at themselves in the same way as the U.S. needs to relook at themselves as well. Um, a lot of nations. So this is the time. But going back to that, that's why I look at businesses. I don't look at regions and that. So I'm just got my here. You are this. These are my 21 stocks. Go on. So then. I've got Alphabet, Alphabet, Amazon, which Microsoft, is Google. Ken- yeah, just in case people mm. don't know, that's sorry, Google. Sorry, sorry. Yes, no, Google, Alphabet, Google, Amazon, Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Tencent, Alibaba, Salesforce, Salesforce, because of their software. You know, they're uh, um, they teach people how to look after their information in the cloud. Nvidia, which is a a uh, semiconductor company, well-placed for where we're going into, particularly gaming. S&P Global, just a a giveaway. You don't, just well-placed, no no expense like Moody's. Visa, Disney, ASML, Philips, J&J, Medtronic. Then I've got a Vanguard fund, which is uh, um, a pharmaceutical fund, but it covers pharmaceuticals, biotech, and and also um, devices. Next era, which is my, which is our ESG stock. That's a Florida-based company that's very heavily into wind power and solar power. Nestle, here's another one. I love Nestle. Allianz, LVMH, Estee Lauder, or L'Oreal. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then Home Depot. So those are my 21 stocks. And I'm saying that's all I'm worried about. You know, that's I like those businesses. Gone into them, well run, all well, well financed, no debt or manageable debt, and uh, looking at a five-year, you know, at a five-year horizon, will they still be there? Probably. So that's 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 all, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. That, that becomes my philosophy. When it comes to the local one, I don't think I can get any stock other than maybe NASPERS and Process to, to match any of those. I don't think there's any, you know, anything can come close to those. Okay. That's, that's how you must, you know, that's how I like to look at it. I say, I'm not, I'm not governed by regions. I'm not governed by geography. I'm governed by businesses. So why why must I buy South Africa? Can anything – must I buy Mass Mart or Alphabet, you know? Or, or must I buy Love Healthcare or, uh, I don't know, yeah. or Philips? <laughs> you, you understand? You know? I know exactly so, what you're so saying. You and you're not, being, you're, you're not being disrespectful. You're not being uh, – you're, you're uh, anti, uh, anti-South uh, Africa. You're just being no. uh, pragmatic yeah. and yeah. analytical. Very good. Just very quickly because I've got to go in within a minute and a half. I watched um, okay. I watched um, Schalke, or rather Borussia Dortmund, at home to Schalke. Uh, which was a local derby, a Dortmund derby, uh, on the television in, in Europe on, on Saturday afternoon. Gosh, it, it was, it, David, it was uh, the most miserable experience. I mean, oh, it was no. really good football, a oh, fantastic no. football match. I mean, no craft. there was no noise. I mean, there was, they'd oh, employed, no. they'd employed, um, oh, no. uh, some kind of cheerleader who was belting it out on the PA system. 
And it was simply awful. And as I said on a tweet, it, it was, it was like going to a restaurant. Fantastic restaurant, brilliant food, but no one else in the restaurant. You know, no, no, no. no pretty people to look no, at. And, no. uh, you know, the, the waiter would come, uh, at, at a social distance or something and, no. and it gives you your food and the food is great. But it doesn't taste quite the same when there isn't the table next door that you can take the mickey out of or, or something. No, Do you see what I mean? No, no. It was awful. No, I know. We're gonna, you know what? I, we just got to get the league over with. That's it. Mm. You know, I'd rather that than, than draw out of a hat. I'd rather that they play and then there can't be any criticism, particularly for those who come second, third and fourth, whatever it is, and then right at the bottom of the league as well. You know, those are the rules. Everybody's in the same boat. Uh, you've got to take what happens. It's it's sad. I just it's it's awful. It's tragic. It's, it's really tragic. And I can't see it happening again for another year or so uh, with, with with crowds. I can't imagine myself standing uh, on, the, on the terraces of um, Barcelona or City. Uh, and, oh, oh God, I don't know. Uh, We're uh, going to get those suits. What do you call them? Those. <laughs> Those, those things that the doctors wear. I don't know what yeah, the correct name is. Even then you won't be able to We get them in team colours, yeah. Oh, and you won't be able to cheer or anyway, <laughs> David, we're, we're going off subject now. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. That's David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassam Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.